Enchanted Tiki Talk is brought to you by Kingdom Strollers. Our premium stroller and crib rentals are delivered straight to your Disney or Orlando area resort. It couldn't be easier. Book yours at KingdomStrollers.com. And Mouse Pros. Let our travel specialists plan your next vacation. Our concierge level service gives you the perfect hassle-free vacation. Get your free quote from Sean or any of our magical agents at MousePros.com. And now, it's Cho time! Hello and welcome to Enchanted Tiki Talk. This is episode 275 for March 14th, 2019. Here on the Tiki Hut, Keith is not able to make us, but I got the next best thing. I got Steve from Disney Diary. Steve, what's going on? The next best thing. Wow, I am so privileged. And and actually, I am real. I am not pre-recorded with just answers already set up for you. So I, I am a real person this time. Yes, you are real. And what also makes you real is that I got to meet you this past weekend. We did. It was a lot of fun. It was. We uh, we went little tour, little little talk. We uh, it, we 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 went and we enjoyed the uh, the uh, the tiki tiki hut. That's we right. We went in, prayed to it. It was great. It was. Those prayers were very nice. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing missing at the end was a dole whip. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice to meet you, and I'm so glad to hear that uh, you are on a uh, a healthy eating regimen yes yes i have uh i have joined everyone and uh, and uh, trying to slim down a bit and uh coming down here living down here is a little tough because you can just start eating because you think you're on vacation but you're not so uh it was uh it was time to start eating healthy again and start losing some weight and getting a little healthier yeah so congrats to you look great thank you thank you all right, so since you are here, why don't we throw it over to you for some news? Go ahead. All right. When we talk about some stuff, we're going to start the week off on a, on a sad note. Uh, a worker died after falling off a construction at a construction site behind the France Pavilion in Epcot. Uh, authorities did not specify what the 58-year-old worker was doing when he fell shortly after 5 p.m. on Tuesday. The Reedy Creek Fire Department said the man died at the scene. We're very sorry, and our condolences go out to him, his family his friends and all the people in construction site and uh, the people at Disney for yeah, what happened. That's just awful. I feel so bad. Uh, this week, Disney World raised ticket prices uh, for its date-based ticket model, increasing single-day tickets for the busiest days to the parks to $159 per day. Cheapest tickets still remain at $109 per day. But if you're planning on going Christmas week, uh, July 4th week, some of the hot times of spring break it's going to be $159 per day per ticket if you're going and uh, and purchasing a single day ticket annual passes to the theme parks remain unaffected uh, except the annual passes annual pass for the water parks which goes up $9 from 130 to 139 uh, standard parking remains unchanged but preferred parking now has two tiers in regular season, it'll be $45, and the peak tier will be $50 a day. 
Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't see a across-the-board raise like we did last year, back in October. Yeah. I, I because with Star Wars Land opening up earlier than expected, I was kind of surprised. I guess we might see another one before it opens. I think so. I, I think they also uh, are trying to, since they are doing uh, Star Wars on a phased opening, they are trying to keep uh, figuring out flow and flow is going to be a big deal and and as we talked about for those just as a reminder the uh, star wars galaxy's edge opening announcement was made last week it'll open may 31st at disneyland and august 29th in disney world and it's going to be a two-phase set the first phase will be the millennium falcon uh smugglers run with the entire park food beverages merchant uh, merchant shops Phase two will be uh, Rise of the Resistance, and some two two important pieces of news also came out. Uh, in it was that the height requirements for the rides, the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run will be 38 inches or taller, and Star Wars Rise of the Resistance will be 40 inches or taller. Yeah, I'm still kind of surprised with the height requirements. I mean, I I get it, but. The, the biggest problem that we have in Disney World is that the Magic Kingdom has enough attractions for, for younger kids. Even Toy Story Land has only got one attraction that works, works, well, technically two attractions, but one new attraction that works for younger kids. And I was just, I, I still, I, I was hoping for the longest time that we would get a third attraction. Like, even if it was just a spinner ride, that the kids can go on in Star Wars Land. It's, I just think that's a... I guess it doesn't work with the theming, but I, I, I think that they forget about that. They want to draw so many people away from the Magic Kingdom, but they need to have more attractions for younger kids so they get the whole family going. I, I think what they're, it sounds, as we know, they, they're looking for a fully immersive experience. Right. So this is the type of thing where you've got to pay attention. You've got to be a certain age, a certain height, and uh, you'll be walking around a lot and... It looks like, from what everyone's seen on the videos, the possible the possible videos, you're going to be participating in the rides as well. And they probably, the height, for safety reasons on some of those things, is, is probably needed, I would assume. But if nothing else, it does also help with age. Right. Uh, some good news for some people, going like in the water parks. Disney World is planning on making it easier for you to get to the water parks. Uh, starting March 17th, there will be new dedicated bus service to Blizzard, Be- Blizzard Beach and Typhoon Lagoon, which will be nice. Uh, yep. And there's also some five new guest offerings uh, that are available at various hotels around Disney World. They include a joining a pirate crew, learning how to become a mermaid, uh, some fishing excursions, a lot of art classes, which I'm very happy about, and new poolside cabanas at the Yacht and Beach Club resorts. Yeah, the art classes are, are a great thing because kids need, not only do kids need to swim, run around, and do crazy things, but they also need to get some of that art aspect out of them as well, the creativity that starts flowing within them. You know, So it's nice that they have that as well. I think, and also the adults. Don't right. forget the adults. True. They will be. They will be going and trying Good to have and having fun as well, because everyone wants to try to become an artist when you're at Disney World. That's true, except me because I have don't have that ability. I can't do it. My wife, my wife is extraordinary at it. I I am lousy at it. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah. Well, that's the big news for the week. All right. 
Well, all right. So why don't we we'll, we'll get into the the show topic this week? So thanks for for doing a live version of that. That was fun. Thank you. And so on this week's show, since I had mentioned earlier, was that Steve and I did meet up in Disney World, and we ended up meeting at the Magic Kingdom for a Keys to the Kingdom tour. This was the first time that I got a chance to do the Keys to the Kingdom tour, and I've been wanting to do it for the longest time. This was the second time that Steve's done it, but you said it was like five or six years, right? It's been, you know, it's been a long time, and my memory just went, so. Okay. That's, I mean, it it happens. It's not a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) It happens to the best of us. But we ended up doing a tour with uh, the travel agency that I'm with, which is Mouse Pros, and uh, Steve is a part of with uh, the the Mouse Pros family on his uh, site there, the Disney Diary. And we were there for agency agent training, and the agency owner decided that he wanted to have everybody go, go to the Keys of the Kingdom tour. It was a little bit different because this was more of a private tour as opposed to your standard Keys to the Kingdom tour. I think the major difference was that there was no lunch at the end, so we didn't have that. But we did meet in front of the Magic Kingdom. One of the things I was really surprised at before we even started doing anything, actually how crowded the Magic Kingdom got. The It didn't open till 9, and we were there about quarter to 8-ish, and quite a few people were coming in. I was kind of surprised at that. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of breakfasts that take place. There's some early admission, and then now since the opening show was moved to the castle uh, a while back, they open up the entire front area of the hub to let people come in. Also, you can get get a quick breakfast, go to Starbucks, right? Uh, if you want to. So there's been a lot more, a lot more people coming in. I think trying to get the day going than uh, than previously. Yeah, it certainly seems like that because I remember just a few years ago doing rope drop and there not being as many people as there are today. So I guess everybody wants an early start. Yeah. All right. That's so what I would suggest to people. Yeah. I always sure. say the I always say the first hour and a half of of the parks are the best time to be there. You can get a lot done. Yep, without a doubt. All right. So let's start off with uh, our tour began on Main Street USA there. And one of the things that stood out to me the most was that we always talk, they always talk about how the, when you're entering the, the Magic Kingdom and you enter the train station there and you see the, the, the train stations are supposed to be the lobby to the show that's happening. And you see the attraction posters that represent the coming attractions to the movie. And I think most people, people that really love Disney know that. But one of the things that I did not know until they told us is one of the reasons why the cement, the walkway, is red. <laughs> and I had no idea why. I was shocked to learn. I, I thought that was brilliant. I, I thought the whole idea of a red carpet being rolled out for you is was something exactly you don't think about. These are, these are the types of details that just don't come into your head. It doesn't. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about that, to bring that up at all. I I was surprised, and it makes total sense because you don't necessarily see that in today's movie theaters. But, I mean, I remember as a kid going to some of the, the older movie theaters, there was red carpet in the movie theaters, and it makes total sense, and it does yeah. play into the whole story. It, it's perfect. And, and the color red is good because we also learned that Kodak helped choose the colors uh, for, the, for, for the area. 
So when you take photos, your photos pop, which right. I thought was also brilliant. Yeah, that's it's it's amazing to think that now they came up with this idea almost 50 years, 40, 50 years ago at this point now, which is amazing to think that that idea is still floating around and still sticking there. And that Kodak is the one that came up with it. They came up with the colors, so that, like you said, they, the colors pop. That is amazing. Even thinking back, like like today, I can understand like that idea coming out. But like way back then, before that whole technology and idea of, of the way things are today, just surprises me. I wanted to make your Kodachrome work well. I guess that's right. So one of the other things that we we got to learn was that I I know a lot of the history of the windows on Main Street. But the, the one thing that I was not aware of is that over on the corner over the Emporium down um, on the corner of the of the window that jets out, there was a few names that were listed on there. I don't have – I don't know if you wrote the names down there or not. Yeah, I didn't. That's all right. But uh, one of the first names on, that are listed on there is the producer, basically the producer of the film who helped to bring Disney World uh, – here in Florida, and it uh, it wasn't Roy Disney. It was it was somebody else. It was a couple people listed on there, and it was just neat to see how, once again, that's the whole story coming together. That the first name you see there on Main Street is the producer of the film, because the films back in the 50, 40s, fifties, and sixties had that in there, where the the first name was always listed on the beginning screen credits was the producer. And then the other end of it was the last person that name was the director. And if you go to the all the way to the other end of Main Street USA over the top of the ice cream parlor, you get to see who the director of the film was. And we know who that is. It was Walt. That's right. And Walt Disney and and specifically not only because not the back was the last particular spot for the window to show where the director is because the director was always the last name you saw before the movie started but over the ice cream shop because Walt's favorite ice cream was vanilla right and he loved his ice cream yeah it's it's the little nods that are like that that is just amazing it's like who like who sits there and thinks to that like oh yeah like Walt likes vanilla ice cream let's just put his name up there you know it's like the the well, thought that goes into it's 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 crazy and the interesting thing is at the front on the on the right side uh, has Roy Disney's name right. as the big producer. But it was Roy did not really want his name on any of those uh, any of those windows. Right. When he gave the Imagineers the permission to have the little inside jokes uh, for the theming of that uh, when Disney Disney World was being built, so they used Roy Davis. Yeah. Uh, and in a location and the reason they did that was Roy D because that was what he was signing all of the for the purchase of the properties Roy D so Roy Davis uh, after he passed away uh, which was very shortly after Disney World Walt Disney World opened uh, they put the they put the, the uh, his name on the window pane and uh, for him and it was uh, it, it's just how everything is well thought out is just it's funny because you're thinking, well, they're inside jokes to some degree. Right. Uh, but the thought process is just amazing. And one of the other things that I've 
the story that I, I I've known about the 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 background on this was the the sharing the magic statue, which is right there in front of the flagpole, which is Roy and Minnie Mouse, and the the backstory to this was that was it uh, Blaine Gibson who designed it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was okay, and I love that telling the story and, and this is one of the things that I've, I've, I did know about this was that uh, you have Roy sitting there you have Minnie in the middle and then you have a space left open on the left hand side and Minnie is basically all you know moved up against touching Roy with that space in there because they wanted to show what kind of friendship they had of, of what the friendship, how friendly Roy was. Not only was Walt extremely friendly, but Roy was extremely friendly. And that Roy was also supporting Minnie's hand, just like he was always supporting Walt throughout his life. You know, he was, Walt, Roy was always the backbone and supporting Walt in any kind of decision that he wanted to make. And it's one of those, it's those little touches that really unless you somebody has told you or you've done this tour you're not gonna know yeah i i've i had never heard that story before uh and it was when you think about the re and the the other reason that many was so close and there is a space to the left was to illustrate how close he is or he, he roy was to the operation right and you don't you don't think about things like that obviously when you're an artist you do and uh it's just it's a great it's also a great place to sit down and grab a photo and sit with the two of them yeah Uh, and one other thing that i i being on main street i've never once picked up on this was the american flags that are on top of the buildings on main street usa I've looked on Main Street USA. I don't know how many times. <laughs> I never once noticed the flags until we were on this tour, and they told us what the flags were. Yeah. I was shocked to find out that they are uh, lightning rods. I had no idea. And the the great thing is the philo- you learn about the philosophy about Disney. You learn about what the keys the, the keys to the kingdom being the four keys of Disney's philosophy, which is safety courtesy show and efficiency and it's in that order which i thought was fascinating Mm -hmm. that no matter what you do it's safety first courtesy second show which is what what happens next and efficiency is the fourth right which is why they have air they they let the air conditioning out on main street yeah isn't that interesting (laughs) yeah yeah for people to go in there cool off and the also the efficiency with the buildings is that you can cut through the buildings to bypass some of the crowd i i couldn't believe that they actually said that but uh they did but the main the, the 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 if you don't get a chance i mean if you ever have a chance to do a tour it's very informative a lot of fun and in addition to the Main Street area, and you also get a little tour of uh, uh, of the rest of the park, and you learn things, which I'm going to jump in because I, to me, the most fascinating thing that blew me away was uh, when you're in uh, looking, go, going and looking at the the hut for the uh, the enchanted tiki, uh, and you're looking at the roof and the roof looks like it's purely thatched roof, but mm-hmm. it's not. Yep. It's made of aluminum. Yeah. Shocking. Complete shock. 
all of us were like, what? Like, what? Like, what did you just tell us? Like, like the world was coming to an end because it, <laughs> it, it was aluminum. It wasn't really thatched. No idea. And they were able to do that years ago when it opened and it stays. It, it's a good condition. I, I don't think it was. I don't remember. I don't think it was because of any anything special other than the idea at that point of trying to make a real thatched roof was difficult. Right. Yeah. And I think uh, not only was it difficult, but it was very, very time consuming. And, you know, they don't, I don't think they necessarily had the time to do that. It's not like animal kingdom where all the thatched roofs there, they brought experts in and in, in the lodge there as well. They brought the experts in from Africa to build thatch roofs. So, um, they didn't have that luxury back then, but for it to be aluminum, I, I, it's, I don't think anybody really knows that just by walking by it. No, no. He actually, actually, the uh, the cast member actually knocked it with a little pole just so he can hear it, uh, so he knew he he, he wasn't lying. Yeah, I know that was great. Uh, one of the other things in Adventureland that was pretty interesting was us looking for the hidden Mickey that was on the ground, and uh, the tour guide said he. Th- believes that's probably the world's smallest headed mickey and it's pretty small it's like the size of a dime i think uh yeah i think smaller than that yeah, smaller actually. than that and for those out there who don't know where it is um we're not really going to tell you but <laughs> it is between the the aladdin carpet ride and one of the buildings there in adventureland so it's not over by the the tiki's that uh, spray water on you the leaky tiki's it's you know between on the on the opposite side but uh, it's certainly interesting to see that i had no it's, idea it's close to the bazaar if you want if, just just a little big bigger hint right okay yeah i uh, i thought that was pretty neat too i i thought so too it, it, it's it's a lot of fun and everyone loves to, to do hidden mickeys but to be able to find that was just uh was just a was just a hoot yeah it was and then we, you know, we got to go into the Enchanted Tiki Room, which was a lot of fun. We got to got to experience that, and then we got to go into the, my favorite attraction, the Pirates Ride, and that was fun as well. Our tour guide decided not to go on that ride. I think he's scared of boats, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was pretty neat too. Going on that, you know, the best part about it is is that you get to go through the the Fast Pass line and not have to wait in the line. So that was pretty cool. And the good thing is you you get to see the the progression of animatronics, right? Audio animatronics, as it goes through from the the birds uh, to the pirates, yeah. And uh, just how much they 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 progressed and what the, what they've done, yeah. And then uh, from there we ended up getting to go backstage at the Magic Kingdom, and we ended up entering over by Splash Mountain right there by the. Where the the railroad tracks is and the the entrance for the the parades that come in over there, and when you first go back there, you know they they make a big point to show you sort of kind of where the differentiate differentiate the on stage area and the off stage area. There's a line there where guests can't technically see you, and that's still considered it's still sort of considered on stage, but that is not only is that the the point of where on stage and, and uh, off stage begins, but that's also the starting point for the parades. So I thought that was a neat little aspect to see that. Yeah, and considering the train goes by there when the train is running, uh, they you know you, you you get to see you do get to see at times some uh, 
some of the uh, cast members going back and waiting for the train to pass through. But as you go back into backstage, where you obviously cannot take any photos, right? Uh, you get to see everything that's behind, and we got to see where they charge up the floats uh, for the parades. Yes. That was pretty fascinating to see them charging that with the, the gigantic uh, charger packs there. And one of the things that I was really surprised at, and I never noticed it on the parades at all, what, I, I know where the windows are. I mean, you, you know where, that there's windows there where people drive the, the parade float. But I had no idea that there were cameras on the parade floats. I had no idea. Didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, to be able to help you drive uh, to see to see both sides, and also the you, know, you you think about well, every parade float always has you know a cast member or so walking beside them. They're there to help as well, and they're there in case of emergency to hit an emergency stop button. Yes, that's on right. the on the floats. And I didn't see that either. I had no idea they were I, they were there. So now. I think now from now on when I watch parades, I'm going to be looking for these things. <laughs> but the backstage, it's just, uh, it, it's interesting to see where, where and how things work. Right. And it's, you, you forget when you're in, in on stage in the front, you forget that this is really, this is a small city. And it has the problems of any type of city, of transportation, of getting food in and out, of garbage, trash, uh, of trying to get over obstacles. And to to see where the trash cl- trash is collected, you start thinking, wow, that's a lot. And they were talking about something 80,000, 8,000 pounds a day, 80,000 pounds a day. Coming, coming out of that and having at least, I, I would assume, two or three truckloads of pickup in the, for the compactors to take it out. Yeah, that's quite fascinating. And it, maybe the weather was a little bit cooler, but the smell was not that bad for the garbage. Yeah. It wasn't bad at all. But for them to tell you that it, it all the garbage is coming through the AVAC system from the, the Utilidors, man, holy cow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. And then also back there, we learned about... Uh, Splash Mountain and how much water the it holds. You got to see the the reservoir area for Splash Mountain. It, it was I think nine hundred and forty thousand gallons of water. Mm-hmm. I think they says it holds, and they drain it every what was it two, two weeks? Two weeks, I think it is. Yeah, and they they clean it and they use um, they don't use chlorine. They use what bromide? Br- bromide. Bromide. Yeah. To keep it to keep it clean, so it doesn't stain your clothes. Right. That's something I never thought about. Never thought about it. That chlorine, that chlorine hitting your clothes would stain them uh, and fade them, but uh, but this doesn't. Yeah, and they also told us that uh, the Jungle Cruise has two million gallons of water, so that's uh, quite a difference there. Oh yeah, yeah. The coolest thing is you realize, and, and when you're on the train coming to that area of the park, there's a tunnel you go through. And to me, the coolest part of this is that, so that's the train tracks where the tunnel is. Now, if you're in Pirates, and if you remember in Pirates, when you're going down, and the, the big drop, the 14-foot drop, and it's where, where now the you get blinded by the flash, the photo flash, what you're going down and what you're going underneath is the, act, is the train tracks. Yep. And they built it to get underneath the train tracks. And that is something that you... you I never would have thought of. 
Yeah, that is something I had already known be- just because I had seen it on one of the documentaries. But it's so fascinating to think that that is that is the sole reason why there's a drop in that attraction. For no other reason, that's why there's a drop. You know, that's it's crazy. And they do it so well. They yes, they they, they, they they connect it so well. The the the, prag- the pragmatic issue of it and the uh, creative issue of it. Yeah, and. The, another thing that uh, you know you learn is that the the show buildings like for pirates is painted uh, a green color. It's called go away green, and the reason it's called that, and the reason they paint that color is because you might see that you might see a building in the distance, but your eye does not really pick up on that color. It's going to pick up on the other colors around you. So it kind of blends in, so you don't really see that. So it's pretty neat seeing that. It's a uh, it's a very light green color. It's pretty. It was pretty wild. Yep. Uh, just it it the for for the for the sides. But then if you look at the the, the area where you're not going to possibly see the show the show building, uh, the sides were that way, but the backs were not that color. Right. Yeah. So they were just uh, white or whatever whatever industrial color that needed to be painted. Which I thought was fascinating. It's just like, and, and again, as as the movies, it's like a movie set. They build it for what the eye can see, and then if it's not in eyesight, it's all it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah, and then from there we ended up walking through Frontierland, and then walking over to, um, uh, went to the haunted mansion. The haunted mansion, yes, the haunted mansion. And we got to, once again, we got to ride that bypassing the line, which was nice. But what we found out about the, which I was not aware of, was that uh, I know that the, the mansion, as Nate, was was designed after the Harry Packard mansion, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And there's all chess pieces on top, of, in and around the, the mansion. And the one thing that I was not aware of is that there's no knight. That's the only piece that's missing from the, the mansion. And... I'm like, I had no idea about it. I was, you know, kind of floored by it and that there's only thing that represents a knight inside the, the mansion is the the knight um, in the shining armor over by the chair and that the mansion takes place at night on the inside. So that is fascinating to think once again, it's the whole idea of the, the thought that goes into this is that we're not going to put a knight on the outside only on the inside side. That's fascinating as well. Well, and I didn't know about the chess pieces. So, it next time you go to the Haunted Mansion and you go, you're at Columbia House and you look down towards it, look at the what would, where the fireplace is and, and look at the flumes up top. And they're two rooks. Yes. And I never, I never in my, I never thought of that before. Uh, and just at that point, it was like, wow, that is cool. Yeah, it is. It really is. It's. I. I don't know if. Uh, I, I've never seen pictures of the real mansion, so I don't know how much detail they've gotten from that. But I'm. I think I'm going to have to research that a little bit more. But uh, I know that the mansion is in Pennsylvania. Then from there, we got to do. We ended. We ended up going over to the the, the carousel, and from there, looking at the carousel, the carousel was is one of the oldest attractions in, in Disney and that it was built in the early 1900s, I think for Detroit park. 
and Disney rethemed it once you know they purchased the the carousel. But one of the things that one of the things that they still left there was the uh, the the gold the eagle. eagles that are yeah. on the, in the back. I never picked up on that riding that attraction. Uh, there's yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of history on, on on the attraction, which is great. It was built in Philadelphia, I believe. Right. Uh, and it was it came through to a to a new to a lot of places actually uh, before before heading uh, to to Disney, and it was it, it's a gorgeous gorgeous carousel. It's fun to ride, but the eagles were something that uh, was a nice nice touch to keep. Uh, for the theming, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it was. It's not something I never. I don't think I've ever really. I've seen it, but I never really thought about it before. But now that, that's nice that when I see that, I'll appreciate that attraction just that little bit more. Yep. And then from there, we ended up going to the Utilidors, which is like the major highlight to the whole thing. <laughs> the super secret place. Yep. And it, it's funny seeing. When you're walking through the gift shop over by Philhar Magic, and you're going downstairs, all the people like staring at you, like, "Who's that? Where are these people going?" <laughs> you know, so you felt like a VIP for a second. But we uh, we did end up getting to go downstairs, uh, go down like two flights of steps to go downstairs, and then from there, it's one of the things that really throws you off is that you get to see cast members you know with a jacket with them with a purse with headphones so it kind of throws <laughs> it off a little bit it's as my wife says that's sort of what ruined the magic for her a little oh, bit oh no yeah so um you're just not used to seeing that i mean you'll see you can if you're in and around orlando you might see a cast member like that who's going to work or coming home from work that might stop off somewhere but uh it, it, it does throw you off when you're walking under there and, and, and you see them sort of the, the quasi in between the, uh, you know, work and, and the the non-work mode. Well, the whole vibe is different, especially the music. Yes. Because they will play anything and everything with the exception of Disney music. That's right. Uh, you won't hear anything. You won't hear anything from movies. Uh, you won't hear any of the themes that are up that are upstairs because it's a work environment, and they 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 it's it's off stage. They definitely the, the music and actually the music choices were pretty good. Yeah, it was. Uh, as we walk as we walk through. Yeah, they play everything. They said country, rap, um, pop, everything. They, it it goes on down there. I don't know how often it changes, but they did they did say that. One of the things that I don't know if you noticed when we first came down, there was a little piece of paper on the wall and it said, congrats, we did it. And uh, I think it was like, whatever, $13 an hour starting March 1st mm -hmm. that they were getting. Yeah, it's kind of it was funny to see that, like, you wouldn't think you'd see a sign on there on the wall that it would stay there. Like, you would think that, like, corporate Disney would, like, rip that off the wall. <laughs> But you kind of see like a mix of two different worlds going on on, on the utility wars. You see a lot of a lot of history still that happens in there. You have uh, pin collections that go on, and you have um, original pictures of, of what the park looked like. So it's nice to see that mix. Yeah, you you definitely realize it's a working in, it's a working environment, right? And but the history. And the photos uh, placed along are things you're not going to see anywhere else right. in the parks. 
Yeah. Uh, which is which is a great plus for I think cast me- for a- any any place you work. It's nice to have something exclusive for you. Yeah. And it was also nice to see that uh, all the areas of the the utilitors are all color coded depending on which land you are. It's purple for I believe Fantasyland and I forget what the other colors were, but uh, it's all broken down so you always know where you are just by looking at the walls. I, I still would probably just keep looking at the signs. I got turned around a few times when it was like, oh, we're walking down Main Street, then you walk left. No, we're walking down Main Street. I'm like, right. I, I'm not exactly sure. But every stairwell they have tells you where it goes up near. Yes. So you know when you're going up what you're going to be closest to uh, for, for a cast member. Yeah. What was also neat was when you're going from Fantasyland and heading down Main Street is that it drops down just like the Pirates attraction because you're going under Cinderella's castle. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. With the uh, the water. Yes. Uh, it, 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 you know, to think that they had, they built this as, as the first floor before anything else, before they, they, they started, you can see why it took, you know, two years to get them, to get uh, the lagoon finished right. and then get all the dirt done. Uh, to build this and uh, to, and to use it to use it for the utilidor and a base for the the top of the magic the first the magic kingdom right um, I'm trying to think I don't think there was anything else that really s- completely stood out anything for you no I mean walking down there it was nice things were pointed out such as where the uh, the Reedy Creek uh, emergency services right. were so they can get to any location fast in the utilidor then to go up towards uh towards the location is needed and to transport people uh that was that was it was nice to, it was nice to it was interesting to see that and also for safety's sake it was nice to know that uh but i don't think there was I'm trying to think if there's any other huge thing out of that i don't think so i don't think so either but we want also want you know if you're gonna go on it, have a couple surprises and learn a couple exactly. of things we, we haven't pointed out because exactly. there there are a ton of things we, you know that went that uh, the cast member went over uh, and we just did not uh, did not touch on. So one of the things is that uh, that you want to talk about is is the price now the price the price is ninety nine ninety nine, mm-hmm. and I know that there is I believe a ten percent discount for DVC or AP holders. So that's going to break it down to the $89 mark. So the question I have for you is, do you feel... We didn't pay for it, so let's just right. you know just get that out there. Do you feel paying $89 or $99 is worth it to somebody uh, who... It's not for somebody who's, who's new to Disney, I would say, but somebody who's been there multiple times or might have a longer trip and wants to do something a little bit different. Do you think you would find that... Do you feel that there's value in that? I do. I mean, I think that I would I would definitely not recommend it for first timers, maybe not even for second timers, uh, just because you're going to there, there are plenty of other things to do. But if you're going to splurge on something and try something, it's worth it. It's worth the time. And, and, and it can be a little daunting. It's, you know, it's four or five hours. It's a big chunk of your day. Right. Uh, I don't know later on, I, and I don't know later on in the day if you go on rides or what rides you go on, or if it's the same thing depending upon, uh, depending upon how many people are at the park that day. But I think it gives you a great background uh, and philosophy of 
the company. It gives you great tidbits, and it makes you start looking at things differently. So when you're done with the tour, I, I started looking, you know, I, there, even I started looking at things going, huh, I wonder what that, now I understand why right. they may have done that. Or now I understand what the philosophy, their, their, their four keys philosophy, why they do something like this. Right. I, I certainly find value in it. I think it's something I, it's something I've been wanting to do, but I've never wanted to take the time out of my vacation to do it. But I think this has kind of got the bug for me to want to try other tours that they offer. So this was a, a starting off point for me. So it's certainly I'm going to do something more. And I, you know, like you said, it's it is something where you you think about things a little bit more and you do appreciate things a little bit more. The one of the things that are often lacking in in today's theme park goers is not knowing the backstory to things. This could be your first time going to the Magic Kingdom, but you don't understand the whole backstory of you're actually it's a show, it's a movie. You're going to a movie basically is like we said in the beginning was walking through Main Street. You know that's the lobby. That's the the posters of the opening trailers to, to the things that are going to be coming that you're going to see later on down the road. So I just wish there was a way for Disney to show more of that or tell you more of that story. And this is one of the, the ways to do that. So whether you do a tour like this or trying to find something else, I think it's something that any Disney fan at some point needs to do. Yeah. I, like I said, I wouldn't, I, it would not be one of the first things I would, I would recommend to people who are just going or, or, or even second, second time. But if you keep coming back and if you're looking for something different, and I would do it. I, I, I would do th- There are lots of toys I would do, but this is definitely something that uh, almost reinvigorates you, uh, your, your appreciation. Uh, and also, you know, some things it might also upset you on a few things and, and freak you out and take some of the magic away. And if you don't want the magic, then I wouldn't, if you don't want to leave the magic, then I wouldn't take it because right. you do go backstage. You do see things, uh, and if that's something that you want to keep going in your head, this will take take that illusion away. It does. But uh, other than that, it's certainly worth doing. Yep. All right. So that's going to do it for this week. But first, we want to thank our sponsors, Kingdom Strollers. Get your premium stroller and crib rentals at KingdomStrollers.com. Let the vacation experts at MousePros.com help plan your next perfect Disney vacation. Don't forget to check out the store at redbubble.com slash Tiki Talk Podcast. You can connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at a channel Tiki Talk, Instagram, and Twitter at Tiki Talk Podcast. You can leave us a message on the Tiki Talk hotline. And if you enjoy the show, please take your time to rate us on iTunes. You can find me on Twitter at One Minute Disney Dream. That's one M-I-N Disney Dream. MouseWorldVacations.com and MousePros.com. And you can find Keith at um, Chef's Daily. And you can find me at uh, Disney Diary on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you like the show, uh, my name is Steve. If you didn't, uh, it's Keith. <laughs> you know, Steve, I want to thank you for coming on and um, had a great time with you. It's been a lot of fun. Yes, it was. Alan, take it away. Thanks for listening this week. For Sean and Keith, I'm Alan, and this has been Enchanted Tiki Talk. Aloha. Enchanted Tiki Talk has been brought to you by MousePros.com. Let us plan your perfect Disney vacation. And by KingdomStrollers.com for all your premium stroller and crib rental needs. 
For all of us here, I'm David Benter. Thanks for listening to Enchanted Tiki Talk.